Hi, and welcome to The Boobie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from The Boobie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash The Boobie Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Brian. How does Brian spell his name? With a Y. There's a lot of different Brian's, but I guess what there's two. That's, yeah. That's different with a Y. Yeah. I actually have seen that a lot more lately. Hmm. Like, well, welcome, all Brian. growing up, it was like I only. Yeah. And then I saw a Y and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so trendy. <laughs> Very on trend. Well, welcome, Brian. <laughs> yes. Glad to have you. Uh, and this week we are covering the classic To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> so I just told you, I just got done telling you that this one was a struggle for me. And, um, but I named this one, you're going to laugh at me. Atticus, 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 because that's literally the entire movie. It's just the kids yelling the name Atticus. (laughs) It's a great point. Uh, All right. So the book was originally published July 11th, 1960. It has a Goodreads rating of 4.28 out of 5, and it's 324 pages, which... Again, back to the whole, depending it's on the three, version. Yeah, yeah depending on the mine version was only 200 and something. So that's the mass market edition, mm-hmm. um, which has like the smaller print and like the smaller mm-hmm. size book. But if you have it in like regular paperback, it's 324 pages. Huh. Well, it is very like, because I had the one that's 200 and whatever pages, mm-hmm. but it's very deceiving because it's literally like blocks. Yeah. Bricks of text. I have also that same version and I started reading it and just the way that it like folds and like it mm-hmm. feels in your hand. I couldn't do it. So I got it from the library and I just read Did it on you? my Kindle instead because I just couldn't do it. I tried <laughs> to get it on audiobook because I was struggling yeah. and they only gave me the first chapter. So then I actually had to read it. That's weird. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> did you read this in high school? Uh, yes, I did. I did not remember anything about it though no i remember Having re- re- rereading it i was like oh this that's what this is about <laughs> well it was funny because i was like yeah i read this and i was thinking about it. i'm like what is this about and i was like it's definitely about some guy who like puts things in a tree like that's in my <laughs> that's recollection what that's what i remembered yeah. but that's like such like barely anything right. of this whole film or whatever <laughs> but i remember watching the movie and reading the book in high school yeah. uh the movie the classic movie came out in 1962 uh which i'm shocked that it hasn't been remade I'm actually not. I I don't know. It would be weird at this point to like remake True. it. Just because of the subject matter. And like, I mean, I guess you could, but yeah. why ruin a good thing? I guess we're <laughs> so used to like movies getting remade yeah. over and over again. Never say never though, because we have talked about this. The filmmakers of the world are losing like um, Accurate. their creativity. So it may happen. Accurate. <laughs> the, uh, the rating on this movie is just approved. There's no like PG. I'm, I'm guessing it was before the PG 13. Oh, all of that. okay. So it's rated approved and it's considered <laughs> a crew. I don't know. High schoolers. Uh, but it is considered a crime drama, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what else I would have. I would agree with that. that. But like a drama. Like, I, I guess the fact that the kids are such at the forefront of this mm-hmm. movie and, and this story that crime drama just takes it doesn't feel like it. I That's guess. fair, but I think the subject matter just lends itself to a drama. Yeah, it and does. obviously there's a crime that's yeah. involved. Uh, it's two hours and nine minutes long, which is actually pretty long for a movie that came out in the 60s. 
Is it? I, yeah. I wouldn't know. And, and, and <laughs> the fact that the story's not all that long True. in general um, is directed by Robert Mulligan. He was actually uh, nominated for Best Director for this movie. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win, but we'll get to it in a bit. This movie is very, very um, awarded. Mm-hmm. So... Same with the book. Yeah. So the IMDb synopsis reads, Atticus Finch, a lawyer in the Depression-era South, defends a black man against an undeserved rape charge and his children against prejudice. Um, So some fun facts about the book, similar to the movie, it is uh, highly praised. Um, It has won a Pulitzer Prize, which, I mean, is... Yeah, you can't get any better. Right, exactly. Um, It was awarded the paperback of the year from Bestsellers Magazine in 1962. In 2006, uh, Harper Lee, the author... Um, oh, I didn't actually say who this, the author was. I'm so sorry. Um, it is written by Harper Lee, <laughs> which I feel like most people probably know that. Yeah. Um, but Harper Lee was awarded an honorary doctorate from the University of Notre, Notre Dame. Um, during the ceremony, the students actually gave her a standing ovation and um, all raised copies of To Kill a Mockingbird, oh, cool. like in honor of her, which I thought was Harper super Lee cool. sounds like a publishing company. Totally. Like, it, it also like sounds like a guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> If I'm yeah. being honest. I guess Harper can go both ways, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, totally. I think Harper Perennial is a publishing oh, company, maybe that's so why that's then. why. <laughs> so in 2018, uh, the American public was voting on um, PBS's The Great American Read, um, and after a five-month-long voting period, they picked To Kill a Mockingbird as America's favorite book, which I think is pretty standard. I mean, it's on all of the must-read lists, the top mm-hmm. 100 whatever, you know, so standard um and the sequel which a lot of people consider it a sequel um since it was released afterwards uh after to kill a mockingbird uh titled ghost at a watchman is actually an earlier draft of to kill a mockingbird so interesting yeah it was it's published um july 14 2015 but because of that everyone thinks it's a sequel but it was actually a um yeah an earlier draft of to kill a mockingbird so interesting Uh, i have not read ghost at a watchman i do have it you Um, do i do i did buy it um just because you know i again to kill a mockingbird i'm interested to see once you read it like what it's like yeah i am similar or what well and i'm i'm curious to see if like they kept the original as she wrote it considering it only came out in 2015 so it's been yeah. years since she originally wrote it so uh yeah once i eventually read it all you know <laughs> yeah uh, have you did you read anything about this book being banned at all yes a lot of um different you know uh states and schools and things like that um tried to ban it uh, i do think it got banned in certain places mm-hmm. but again it's so revered in public schools uh as one of you know the must yeah. reads um and i do think it is difficult subject matter but i do think it's important i think it's one of those that like should be read um yeah. if we're talking like um contemporary books you know the hate you give which mm-hmm. we recently covered that's one that i think should be added to this list of yeah. you know uh books that should be covered in in school so i don't see it being removed you know no. Anytime soon or really ever. Well, at Jackson High School in Mill Creek, Washington, it is still. Well, I, I would, at least <laughs> as of 2015, it was still there. <laughs> uh, so the movie has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, wow. which might be one of our highest scores, mm-hmm. if not the highest. The budget for the film was $2 million, which seems like 
a lot in 1962. Yeah. And it ended up grossing over $13 million, which is probably even more now considering, you know, people probably buy it on YouTube or, oh, or 100%. What, whatever to watch it. They're definitely getting the... Uh, what. Um, the royalties. The royalties. Thank you. <laughs> um, we actually watched it on PBS.com for mm-hmm. free, which was I thought was interesting. Well, it is an informational type movie. It so. is. And, it, and PBS is that. Exactly. I wish PBS <laughs> would cover all of our, or carry all of our <laughs> movies, really. Uh, so like I said before, this movie is has won a ton of awards. Uh, it was nominated for eight Oscars that year. It won three of them. Uh, one for Best Leading Role, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, best Writing and Screenplay and Best Art direction for a black and white film which i wasn't sure if those were two different categories but either way it's still pretty cool when three oscars so something that i thought was actually really impressive that i read uh atticus finch is played by gregory peck which i'll get into more in a second at the very towards the end of the movie during his closing statements of Mm -hmm. the trial he does a speech that it's six minutes and 30 seconds long it's that's a long time he did it all in one take one take wow nailed it in one take wow that's impressive yeah and i guess they were saying how uh that the guy who plays tom robinson got very emotional during it because mm-hmm. he was so moved by how, how it is a very moving speech. it is that and i guess gregory peck like looked at him at one point and started choking up so he had to like look away too <laughs> so but i think that's wild i wonder if the actors of today would be able to do that no way no <laughs> they like stop like what's my line <laughs> no way um the watch that is that is used as a prop uh in this movie uh atticus finch has like a uh, a pocket watch mm-hmm. um which is very funny because we just watched an episode of the big bang theory and sheldon decides he needs a pocket watch because it makes him <laughs> <laughs> that much cooler oh, side note sheldon. um but that uh watch harper lee actually gave it to gregory peck after the film was completed because uh it reminded him or he reminded her so much of her dad mm-hmm. and her dad uh, carried a pocket watch That's you know sweet. his whole life so i thought that was kind of cool uh director uh robert mulligan learned very quickly on um not to rely on numerous takes a little bit like you know we were talking about how gregory peck nailed that first mm-hmm. take uh with the children in <laughs> in this movie because they're a big part of it um they became less and less natural uh so the more takes they did the worse their acting yeah. got so most of these takes throughout are either their first or second takes in this film which you i kind of tell but i think that adds to the authenticity of it because yeah. i do think if it feels forced then it's like you can see that it for shows sure. for sure all right so the cast of the film we have to start with atticus finch he's the dad in this role he's the lawyer of this crime that happened is played by none other than gregory peck uh he is so like hot yeah like when he takes <laughs> off his glasses to shoot i was like okay like, i see you and it's like that kind of like um unassuming yes. good looking like he doesn't really know or think that he and is. he's like the hot single dad yeah. Oof, i'm yeah. here for it yes <laughs> um he he did end up winning um the oscar for best leading role in this in this film he's been nominated other times for his work in uh 12 o'clock high the gentleman's agreement the yearling and kings of the kingdom so he's had a fabulous career um but he did say that his role as atticus finch uh was like his favorite Mm -hmm. like of all time obviously and this character was actually voted the greatest screen hero of all time by the american film institute in 2003 and that was only two weeks after gregory peck died 
and uh, he ended up beating out Indiana Jones, who took second place, <laughs> and James Bond took third in that contest. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is um, cool. Uh, so just like Atticus Finch is in this film, he's very, um, you know, he doesn't see color. He's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how Gregory Peck was. And he actually marched with Martin Luther King, which I wow. thought was interesting. That's amazing. Um, he ended up actually being the president of the American of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, also known as the Oscars, for three years. And he was the one that actually decided to postpone the 1968 Oscar ceremony uh, due to Martin Luther King's assassination. Wow. So that that makes a lot of sense because you can see the authenticity in his uh, in his role. Mm -hmm. So to know that, like, he did have these beliefs and he, you know, he fought for that um, Mm -hmm. uh, that cause. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see that. Um, He actually also uh, formed a very solid relationship with Mary Badham, who played Scout in this. And they remained really, really close until he passed away in 2003 at the age of 87. And according to her, um, they always, throughout their entire relationship, she called him Atticus and he called her Scout. That's Which cute. I thought was really cute. Uh, speaking of, Scout Finch, who is the little girl in this film, Atticus's uh, daughter, is played by Mary Badham. She had no acting experience prior to this role in 1962, which you can tell (laughs) (laughs) she's not the greatest uh, actress in this. However, she was nominated for the best supporting role in a film for the Oscars that year. And she actually was at the time, the youngest nominated um, actress for best supporting role um, at the age of 10, and it wasn't overtaken until about 11 years later by nine-year-old Tatum O'Neill for her role in Paper Moon, uh, who now holds the record for that. So. Interesting. I can see that. I agree. She is not the best mm-hmm. actress, and I don't know if she's done anything post this, but um, I do like their relationship, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of like you know their decision on giving her that uh, award is probably because of that like relationship that they shared on screen. Yeah. She actually ended up losing the Oscar to another child actress, Patty Duke, who's very famous um, for her role in the miracle worker. So I thought it was interesting that two kids yeah. were, were in the running for that. You don't that. see that very often. Yeah. And she actually only ended up, uh, acting in four other movies and in an episode of the twilight zone um after after this movie and her latest role was in 2019 um in a tv movie called erasing the past Hmm. so i just thought it was kind of funny that she didn't really do much after this but she's Um, still kind of in the same true her brother is actually uh a tv and movie director so Hmm. maybe she decided to just let him do his thing (laughs) do his thing (laughs) so jem finch who is brother of scout and son of atticus is played by philip alford he stopped acting in 1971 so maybe 10 years later and he was just like not for me not over it (laughs) um after moving back to birmingham uh, alabama after his film career was over um he was inducted to the 1989 uh alabama walk of fame for his (laughs) For his role in To Kill a Mockingbird. But he did go on to becoming a very successful businessman and consultant in Birmingham, Alabama. Good for him. Which I thought was interesting because I thought this, I thought he did very well. And I was like, he's a cute kid. He probably grew up to be like, you know, a good looking guy. I don't know. (laughs) He's a little little bit of a shit. (laughs) Like, I felt like, I don't know, maybe I was reading it differently, but he seemed a little more 
annoying in the movie than in the book. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I just felt like he was a good... I, th- I thought he did the role pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next character is Dill Harris, and Dill is the annoying neighbor who stays with his... <laughs> is it his aunt or yeah. his grandma? During the summer, is played by uh, John Magna. He was actually very successful at the age of seven on Broadway for the show All the Way Home. He ended up being in the movies Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit 2, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Kid? Kid? (laughs) Uh, Quote, unquote, the early days. Uh, And he ended up uh, turning to more of stage directing as an adult. Um, But unfortunately, he died in 1995 of AIDS. Oh, wow. So, But he, I thought he played this role perfectly. Well, it's funny you say he was, you know, successful on Broadway because I could totally see that. You know who he reminded me of when I was watching the movie? Do you remember on Full House, um, Michelle had a best friend that was like so like outgoing and just like flamboyant. That's exactly what I pictured every time I looked at it. Yep. I thought he played this role perfectly. He was annoying and just what this role needed. Uh, So Tom Robinson is the African-American man who is accused of the rape in this film, is played by Brock Peters. He has a huge, huge body of work. I know he doesn't have like a whole lot of speaking roles in this film, but he is a big part of it. Um, He actually plays the voice of Darth Vader in the Star Wars TV series, Mm. um, which actually has like a really long standing like run Mm -hmm. um but he was actually really nervous to play this role because up until then the only uh he's been typecasted as a villain for every role before this so he was like i don't know how people are going to perceive me because i've been a villain on on everything else before this um he actually did end up having a very good relationship with gregory peck and delivered his eulogy um at his at um gregory peck's funeral in 2003 it's so interesting to see that they kind of kept in touch years and years later right like with scout and with him like that's interesting i know well i'm I'm wondering if like actors from those from those days like they just weren't doing as many things so Mm. like maybe they form those connections a lot better who knows (laughs) uh so last character i want to talk about doesn't even talk in this movie not at all (laughs) is boo radley yeah so boo radley is He's kind of like a mythical creature. Like he is, yeah. he lives in the scary house He's down Bigfoot. the street. Yeah. No <laughs> one's ever seen him. They don't know what he looks like, but is played by none other than Robert Duvall, who has been nominated for his, his work in the judge, a civil action, the apostle, the great Santini apocalypse. Now, uh, the Godfather, and he won an Oscar for his leading role in uh, Tender Mercies. So he's a huge actor, but has no, no speaking words. And I know you're Googling who he is right now. <laughs> I totally am Googling. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? He doesn't look anything like him. Well, no. Wow. Right? You know who he is? Everyone knows yeah. who Robert Duvall is. Oh, totally. Wild, well, right? <laughs> um, he actually ended up staying out of the sun for six weeks before this movie uh, was filmed and dyed his hair blonde to become Boo Radley. That is so interesting. Isn't that crazy? Now, there's like a side-by-side and I can totally see yeah. it now. Um, he actually was roommates and very good friends with Dustin Hoffman. You know Dustin Hoffman. Yes, I do know Dustin And Hoffman. Gene Hackman, while they were struggling stage actors in New York um, before they succeeded, um, all three of them, um, Hoffman and Duvall, were known for their ways with women. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Duvall and Gene Hackman were known for their short fuses, which led to numerous fights between all of them. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but they ended up all bonding for their elaborate practical jokes on each other. But I couldn't imagine Robert Duvall, Dustin Hoffman, and Gene Hackman all being in the like roommates. roommates. <laughs> it's so wild. Um, speaking of being a womanizer, though, um, he was married four times. Wow. <laughs> um, but with the death of Rosemary Murphy in July of 2014, Robert Duvall is the uh, last surviving credited adult cast member of to kill a mockingbird wow so everyone else has passed away except for him and the kids interesting yeah that's so fascinating i, I love learning about stuff like like i had no idea that's who that was you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right time for who said it all right so your first quote is you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view atticus finch Okay. You didn't even let me finish. Okay. The wise Atticus Finch. (laughs) Next one. I know he's alive, Gene Louise, because I haven't seen him carried out yet. Ooh. That's one of the nosy neighbors. Is that Miss Maudie? It is Miss Maudie. Yeah. yeah. And she's not the most nosy. Out. No. I think Miss Stephanie's the most nosy. I but... actually think Miss Maudie could have like taken a way better turn in this in this story. Like she like especially in the movie, she yeah. kind of is this like cute little like totally like single woman yeah. who might want an eligible single dad, <laughs> you know? Who looks like Atticus Finch. Right, but they don't go there with it. <laughs> I know. All right, your next one. If there's just one kind of folks, why can't they get along with each other? If they're all alike, why do they go out of their way to despise each other? Hmm. Scout? Mm, Gem. Gem. Yes. Next one. Let the dead bury the dead this time, Mr. Finch. Let the dead bury the dead. Hectate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Last but not least. The one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's conscience. Ooh. Was that Atticus again? Yes. yes. I was trying to trick you. Wow. <laughs> you did, did good. I think I did pretty good. You did really good. All right. <laughs> Your choices for F. Mary Kill are Atticus, obviously, mm. uh, Tom Robinson, and okay. good old Boo Radley. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to kill any of them. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to have to kill Boo Radley. Oh, <laughs> You know? Um. Okay. Hear me out. I am going to marry Tom Robson because he can fix things. True. He fixed all those things for that. He's like the guy in Holes. I can fix that. Yeah. You can <laughs> fix, come and fix all of my things. Um, and then I will. Um, oh, man. I don't even know how to say this. Um, I will take a stroll with Atticus. <laughs> That's what they did in those days. Took strolls. Sure. Um, I will also kill Boo Radley. So sorry. I just don't know you that well. You know, I need to get to know the person. You more. didn't even say anything to me. Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to marry Atticus because I need to look at that morning, noon, and night. Like all day, every day. Um, and then I will take a stroll with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> So the movie starts out, um, and we really just get an in- intro to make them. Um, do you remember what what year this like is supposed to be set in? The 60s, right? Is it the 60s? I'm I couldn't sure. remember if it was the 60s or if it was supposed to be a little bit earlier. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think it's the 60s. I just feel like the 60s in the South were so different from 60s everywhere else agreed you know um but we come to find out like how the town was and really that it's just like poor and tired you know and and you 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 get that feeling from the first scene 
And then we get introduced to six-year-old Scout. Well, really, we get introduced to the narrator. Scout is the narrator of this story. And she talks about how she was six years old during the summer. <laughs> it takes place during the three-year span of 1933 to 35. Got it. <laughs> so I, was say, I was like, this seems like really... <laughs> It's during the Great Depression, so. Great. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't seem like the 60s at all. Everyone else was smoking pot during the 60s. <laughs> like, compared to, we just did uh, Firefly Lane yeah. on our Patreon, and the 60s there was very different. Right. Anyway. Okay, glad we fact-checked that. Yes. Um, but we come to see that Mr. Uh, Cunningham came to see Atticus to pay him for some legal work that he had done for him. Um, come to find out that the Cunningham's pay, I think he, what was it, like, some kind of nuts or something. Yeah, they're like um, hickory nuts or something. Yeah. So in the book, we actually don't see Mr. Cunningham do this. We hear, we hear about, about it, it yeah. but we don't actually see him. No, doing we this. we we are introduced to little Walter Cunningham, yes. and I think through him we understand that like his dad yeah. is paying for legal um, advice through what they can provide. Yeah, what I thought was interesting about this this movie adaptation is that there's so many things that we actually see in the movie mm-hmm. that we don't quote-unquote see in the book and then there's things that we see quote-unquote in the book that we just hear about Mm -hmm. in the movie they kind of flipped it on here but but anyways we see we do get to see this scene of him you know paying back for his legal fees uh and then we see we get intro to jem and jem is up in uh the (laughs) treehouse and he refuses to come down until atticus will play for the methodist football team (laughs) and atticus is like I am too old for Yeah, that. he's like, I'm not doing that. Like, same. Which, I don't remember this in the book. Like, does he does, he does get up in the tree. I don't think it's for him to play football, though. I don't know why the reason is. Um, but we do then get introduced to um, Miss Maudie, who I which, who I think doesn't get her day in the sun No, here. she's very pretty. Uh, but she basically tells, you know, the kids to stop complaining because, you know, Atticus does a lot for them. Which I'm like, yeah, Miss Maudie, you know that. That's why you love him. <laughs> Uh, but now the kids are up in the tree. So Scout and Jem are up in the treehouse and they look down and they see Dill hiding in the garden. Good old Dill. Like the cabbage. Uh, this is where we find out that he is going to be with his aunt for two weeks during the summer. Um, I think in the book he's there like the whole summer, isn't he? Or is I think it just so. two weeks? I'm pretty sure they, they talk about how he's there all summer. Because mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time with him. Yeah. And then this is where we get introed to the fabulous Miss Calpurnia, <laughs> who really keeps the household running. Literally. Like, thank God for her. Because <laughs> right. they would be in shambles without her. Um, and while the kids are outside, um, we see... We see a man walk by, come to find out it's Mr. Radley. And he is the meanest man who has ever lived. He has his son locked up and his son is only allowed to come out at night. Or that is what the neighborhood rumor is. Everyone has that house that they don't really know in their yeah. neighborhood. So you make up some like. It was also the house like you never went to for trick or treating because like right. you weren't sure what you were going to get. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there was a house like that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. I'm sure there was a house like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I had a few of those too in my time. <laughs> yeah. So this movie really starts out with like, you think it's more of like a coming of age child story. Yeah. And then it totally is not. <laughs> Uh, but so the rumor is, is that Boo Radley, who is the son of, son of Mr. Radley is a maniac. And at one point he tried to kill his family with a pair of scissors and now he's locked up 
in their house. Which is, you know, how every good horror story movie starts. <laughs> That's very <you> know? true. <laughs> uh, so the kids are running to go meet Atticus uh, as he's coming home from work. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that they kept that in there because I love in the book how they kind of described how the kids always ran to Atticus mm-hmm. on his way home from work. And I really like that they call his their dad Atticus. Oh, yeah. My mom is like hell bent on, well, A, she was hell bent on getting her kids to call her by her first mm-hmm. name. And now she's hell bent on getting the grandkids to call her by her That's first so name. That's so strange, yeah, Mama They Rush. won't, but <laughs> she was really <laughs> hoping they would. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I remember, I think in the movie, Dill's like, why do you call him Atticus? And they're like, I don't know. He's just always 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 called him that. Um, So while they're running to go see Atticus, though, they run by Mrs. Dubois. Dubois. Dubois' house. And and she's just this, like, crotchety old lady. But she's great. She's very scary. Um, But she yells at the kids. But Atticus is actually very nice to her to get her to, like, calm the heck down because she's a little too high strung. I feel bad for her. um, It looked like she had like a maid or Mm -hmm. someone with her or a caretaker. And I was like, Oh, to have to deal with that every day. Lord help you. (laughs) So we see at night that scout is uh, reading with Atticus and you know, scout is actually pretty young. So, you know, she's actually learned to, to read very young. What we don't see is in the book, they talk about how Scout learned how to read by reading over her dad's shoulder at night. Right, yeah. Um, so we don't get that part where we do see that Scout, you know, knows how to read. And she here she's asking her dad about Boo Radley. And her dad's like, just leave him alone. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't just... Don't worry about them. Like it's interesting. She mentions that like, does he really come to my window and like look at me? And I thought that was weird because they don't really talk about that. I think Miss Stephanie in the book is mm-hmm. the one that's like, I actually saw him look at me through my window. Right, it was scary. And I thought that was interesting. They well, and speaking of Miss Stephanie, she's not. She's barely in it. She's barely in it. She's not even in this story at all. But at this point in the movie, as he's putting Scout to sleep, he pulls out his pocket watch to, you know, look at the time. And Scout, you know, says, you know, that's going to be gems someday. Like, what what do I get at some point? What then he tells her, you know, I have your mom's ring and her pearl necklace that will be yours someday. So that's where we really find out that, you know, their mom is no Mm -hmm. longer with them. Um, I think they flat out just say that in the book. (laughs) Yeah. I think, doesn't she like die when he, when, uh, scouts like really, really young. Yeah. So in the next scene in the movie, it's scout asking Jem, like Jem, how old was I when mom died? He's like two. How old were you when mom died? (laughs) Six. Did you love mom? (laughs) Yes. Do you miss? Like, I was like, oh my God. This is great. I'm loving this rendition. (laughs) Like, that's how it goes for like quite a long time. Yeah, this movie really likes to drag. Yeah, this movie did not need to be two hours and nine minutes long. (laughs) Um, But we see Atticus sitting outside and you're supposed to think that he can hear what the kids are saying Mm. and, you know, make you fall in love with Atticus even more. And at this point, uh, the judge ends up coming up to talk to Atticus at home and says that he wants him to defend Tom Robson, who, you know, his trial is coming up. So it doesn't really say like what What it's about. about. Again, this is something that we don't, this doesn't happen, like, it at least doesn't happen at this point in the story. It's never an actual, like, scene in the books. I believe somebody tells the kids, like, 
your dad was actually asked by the judge to like, he really didn't have a choice. Um, cause and we'll get into it there. He gets a lot of heat for becoming mm-hmm. uh, Tom's lawyer. So yeah, it's, it's one of those instances mm-hmm. where we actually physically get to see the scene play out in yeah. the movie. So <laughs> the next day we see that Dill, the little pot stirrer mm-hmm. is now daring Jem to get close to Boo Radley's house. <laughs> and you know, you're a little kid. You can't turn down a dare. <laughs> but so the kids are playing and and they have this like tire, which have you ever been inside of a tire and no. had someone like, no, no, no. Like do, that was never a thing. That was not that kid. <laughs> I, was, I was like the one that played in the corner by herself and wanted nothing to do with it. I will say we we did this before, but it was like with bigger tires. This mm-hmm. tire in the movie is so like, it was like a bike tire. Literally. I'm like, I was shocked she fit into it. I know. Well, she gets into this tire and Jem pushes her really, really hard down the street and she ends up running into the Radley house. And at the same time, Jem's like, oh, you know, runs up there like he's worried about her, but then actually runs by her and goes and touches the Radley front door. So dare complete. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. In the book, doesn't Scout hear some sort of laughter or something when she actually like gets close to the house? Yeah. Yeah. So like she, she gets freaked out a little bit. She's like, oh my God, Boo Radley Mm -hmm. must be real because I'm hearing things. So, but then the next scene we get is the kids are actually headed down to the courthouse because they're starting to hear rumblings of the trial that Atticus is a, is a part of. At this point in the book, we aren't anywhere near the trial. The trial. Yeah. Like we get this whole thing, like we'll get to it in a little bit, but like the book starts off with like the kids going to school mm-hmm. and like we get eased into this bigger, yeah. this, uh, you know, storyline here they just like throw it at us i was okay with that considering the fact that it still was two hours long like (laughs) it could have been even longer (laughs) very true Uh, so the kids are at the courthouse now and they're trying to see what's going on they're like standing on each other trying to figure out what's you know looking through the windows and atticus actually finds them and catches them and sends them away he's like get out of here (laughs) like go home but this is why i wish i lived in a small town like you can just walk anywhere yeah Sounds like, ideal. Yeah, right? It's like Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls. Cute. <laughs> so this is where we are actually introduced to Mr. Ewell, who is the dirtbag of the story. <laughs> um, and he confronts Atticus um, for defending a black man. He said, you know, I can't believe that you would, you would stand up for him because uh, his daughter is the one who is accused uh, or his daughter is the one who was supposedly attacked and raped by Tom Robinson. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't get introduced to him until later on in the book. Um, We actually get introduced to his son in the book before we get introduced to him. Yeah. Which is weird because that's now twice that we're getting introduced to the kids to your point. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we learn about the Yules and how they have a way of life and how basically everybody kind of just lets them do what they do Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to deal with them. Right. I mean, can't blame them. But yeah, the kids don't even, they go to school, what, for one day? <laughs> Just to keep <laughs> oh, yeah, the true officer yeah. off? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, but tonight is is uh, Dill's last night in town. And so, you know, what else are you going to do? You're going to go back to the Radley house. <laughs> <laughs> so Jem actually goes up to look in the window to see if he can see Boo Radley. Well, while Jem is looking through the window, like this ominous shadow kind of Mm. appears and it freaks him out and the kids run away and Jem's pants get lost or get caught in the fence. Um, and 
actually, I think in the book, this is where someone comes out with the shotgun, right? Yeah. So it, it, the sequence of events is a little different. So in the movie, he they're running out and his pants get caught. So then they run out and then they hear uh, gunshots. In the, in the book, they're actually still in the yard. They hear the shotguns, which prompts them to run mm-hmm. out. Then when they're running out, they, they get to the like crowd of people in the neighborhood because they've come out to see who who did the you know who who shot the shots and at that point the uh the crowd tells him like where are your pants like <laughs> yeah. he didn't even realize that he had lost yeah. his pants during all that craziness um so but after he they get away to safety Jem's like I got to go back and get my pants <laughs> um so he g- runs off to go get his pants and at the same time Atticus is yelling for them to come home because that's what you do in a small town. You just yell for your kids right. to come home, which I remember like our parents, like we would be playing down the street and yeah. we would hear our parents yell, um, which doesn't happen anymore, which is kind of crazy. I know. Um, but we, this is where I, we were talking about, this is where Mr. Riley comes out and shoots his gun because there was a quote unquote prowler in right. his, in his yard. So now the next day is, Scout's very first day of school. How exciting. So exciting. She is not stoked. No. Um, they forced her to wear a dress and she's right. not that type of girl. No, she is not. Did she have to wear a dress in the book? Not for the first day of school. No. She eventually has to for some sort of like party or something, but not, yeah. for, not for school. <laughs> but while they're getting ready for school, um, Miss Maddie comes over. Because um, why not? Because Miss Maddie <laughs> should be there all the time. Uh, is this a good time to talk about the fact that there is uh, no Aunt uh, Andrea or whatever yeah. her name was? Yeah. So in the book, uh, they have an aunt. Uh, they, they have more family members, mm-hmm. but they have an aunt that eventually comes to live with them because she thinks that Atticus is not raising them properly. Yeah. Um, I am so glad she was taken out of yeah, the movie. Yeah, she sucks. She was like not necessary. Like, no. she, and she did really suck, in my opinion, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was glad. I was like, oh, Miss Maddie's here. This is good. Good. <laughs> uh, I did read somewhere that this scene where basically Scout is like, you know, causing them to be late for school. She doesn't want to go. I guess this scene took them a very long time to shoot because Scout just couldn't get it or the girl who plays Scout. She just like couldn't get it. And every time they had to reshoot it, they had to, the kids had to re-eat things. Oh my And gosh. the kid who plays Jem was getting so frustrated because he's like, I'm sick of eating eggs and bacon. Like I'm over it. And That's I guess so the kids funny. like did not get along after this scene because it was just, That's and you hilarious. can tell like she's miserable yeah. in this scene. Well, in this scene too, like they, um, they run out, they run back, they run yeah. out, they run back. So I can't imagine having to do that multiple times. Yeah. But I thought it was effective. You can tell that they don't want to be there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we get the fact that Scout has to wear this dress that she doesn't want to wear. Um, but the next scene we get, we actually see a, a scene on the playground. Again, we don't get any school scenes. Miss mm-hmm. Caroline got written out. Which I'm okay with also because she was also not very nice. Um, but yes, the first day of school, uh, they have obviously a new teacher. Everyone's it's first grade, right? I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, so she's telling them, like, this is how I like to teach and this is what we'll be learning. The Dewey like Decimal System. Which I was like, that's <laughs> not what that is, but okay. <laughs> um, so then, so I think they, she starts telling them, like, this is 
you know, what we're going to cover, which is essentially like, I'm going to show you something and you tell me what it is. And Scout's like, well, I can read. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this is going to be like low level for me. The teacher gets mad at her because, or more so mm. mad at Atticus for teaching her the wrong way. Right. She should not be able to read at this point. Right. So because of that, she's already started off on the wrong foot. And then she tries to, or she talks about lunch and, um, little Walter Cunningham mentions that he doesn't have lunch or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to give him money and she's like, just pay me back later. And Scout's like, well, he he can't because they don't have money. And because of that, she, um, she gets, you know, reprimanded by the teacher. So that's what causes (laughs) the scene we see in the movie, which is her beating up Walter Cunningham. (laughs) Yeah. We see him on the playground and she's like attacking him, full on (laughs) attacking him. Um, And Jem has to come and pull her off of poor Walter. (laughs) Um, But Jem ends up inviting Walter over for dinner in the book. I think it's actually lunch. Because mm-hmm. they talk about how they go home for lunch. Half yeah. the kids bring their lunch. Half Again, the kids go home. The joys of living in a small town. Apparently right. you could just walk to lunch. I walk, know. Walk home for lunch. So <laughs> now we're at this dinner and Walter's talking about how his family is very poor. Like they eat squirrel and rabbits. And then they get into this conversation about guns and how Walter has a gun. And how Atticus had a gun when he was little. And you can see that Jem was like... Okay, well, then I want a gun. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any gun talk in the book. They actually get guns. They d- Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think they're like BB guns. They're like not legitimate guns. But um, but yeah, they actually get them as a present. <laughs> uh, but at this... So during this conversation or during this dinner, the conversation of the mockingbird comes mm-hmm. up. Um, and basically Atticus is telling them like, it's a sin to kill a mockingbird because they don't do anything but sing to people, which, you know, has a much deeper meaning mm-hmm. of like, don't hurt the people who don't hurt people. You right. know what I mean? Like it don't hurt the innocent people right. is what, you know, the big theme of, you know, the entire book. Yes. So while they're at, while they're eating dinner though, Walter asks for syrup uh, because he just loves syrup so much. Yikes. Um, I think in the book it's actually molasses, but <laughs> it's same thing. Um, but he pours it all over everything. Did you get elf vibes when yes. you were watching that? I mean, <laughs> might as well add some chocolate chips and some sprinkles. Like, let the kid have his day. Um, but S- Scout makes some, like, snooty comment. Um, but Calpurnia puts a stop to that. Yeah, right. Right away. <laughs> um, and basically he's like, if you can't treat our guests right, then you don't get to eat eaten there <laughs> uh, but scout so when she gets yelled at by calpurnia she runs out of the house and she tells you know atticus comes out and says that she doesn't want to go to school anymore that her teacher doesn't want her to learn about reading and just has like a full-on like first grade meltdown <laughs> um but like the king he is atticus you know tries to tell her you know Think of things from someone else's point of view. That's the quote you said, like, live in someone else's mm-hmm. skin for the day. And, you know, she might not have fully understood it, but it calmed her calmed her down at yeah. the time. They, they, they agreed on a compromise. Yes. As long as she agrees to keep going to school, they'll continue reading at night. Yes. Which so, is counterintuitive considering she's getting yelled at for reading. Correct. Either way. But it made her happy. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next scene we get is the mad dog running down the street, which is funny because your dog is literally tearing <laughs> apart his dog bed as I'm talking right he now. He is a mad dog. He is a mad dog. <laughs> uh, but so, so right before this scene, the kids kind of make a comment about Atticus kind of being old and not, 
it's the typical thing. You don't really appreciate everything that your parents do right. type thing. Um, but so this, this mad dog is running down the street. They end up calling Atticus and I think it's the sheriff that's there mm-hmm. with them. And he was like, well, no, I want you to shoot it because you're the best shot that we have in this town. Right. So Atticus ends up shooting and killing this mad dog. Did you fast forward? No, because the dog was like really crazy. Oh, okay. And you don't like fully see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally attached to this dog. Got like it. Every okay. other dog. Got it. Okay. Um, but when he does this, you can see that Jem kind of has this like impressed look yeah. on his face. He's like, wait, my dad can do things. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this like newfound respect for him, you know, not all the other things he does for, right. <laughs> for them. So now Atticus is actually going to the Robinson house out in the country and Jem and Scout decide that they want to tag along. Uh, and then we find out that evidently the, the Yule house must be like right down the street because every time Atticus yeah. goes there, he shows Mr. Yule shows up and Does this scene happen like this original, this initial, like, um, going to the Robinson house. I don't house? remember it. I don't either. Uh, but yeah, so he shows up when Atticus is there and he calls Atticus a quote unquote N word lover and is just awful. Yeah. And then just walks away. Yeah. Like no one. Well, he looks drunk as hell. Yeah. You know, and that's really the end of the scene. So there isn't other than just showing that Mr. Yule is even a bigger dirtbag. Yeah. There isn't much to that scene. Atticus really. basically is like, don't worry about him. Like he's all bluff. Right. So Atticus is now, they're now home and Atticus is taking Calpurnia home. And so Jem is kind of sitting outside the house, you know, standing, <laughs> standing man of the house. <laughs> and, but he ends up getting really scared by some noises um, that he hears. And he runs down the street yelling for Atticus, Atticus, <laughs> Atticus, every turn that just yells for Atticus. Um, but he ends up running past the the Radley house. And when he kind of comes back, he ends up walking past this tree that has like a knot in it, I guess. It has mm-hmm. like almost like a little cubby inside of it. And he finds a necklace in the tree, which is different than the first encounter of the tree in the book. Yeah. Well, first of all, Scout's with him when they originally see this hole and, and yeah. find the, the contents. I can't remember what the i was, it was it the, a stick of gum oh that's right i think i think i thought scout was by herself oh like, you're right because mm-hmm. then she takes it to jam and is like what is this and mm-hmm. he's like where'd you get it don't eat it yeah. like okay yeah yeah um so that's interesting that they swapped and, like and a, scout well and a totally different object yeah <laughs> um actually it's not it ends up not being a necklace it ends up being like an award for spelling that we find out later hmm. so yeah i thought that was kind of interesting that was totally different yeah um, but we see that Scout is now getting in more fights at school because that's just how she is. Um, but th- this time is that she's getting in fights with kids at school because they're picking on her because of Atticus is defending an African-American. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, standing up for her dad, of course, like the badass she is. <laughs> uh, so the kids are walking past the tree again. And at this time, Scout and Jem find two little dolls inside the tree that look similar to them, like same haircuts. And, but while they're there, Mr. Radley ends up coming and sealing the hole with a bunch of cement. And I have in my notes, I was like, this happens like 
later like they find a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. before that happens yeah. well they're they don't actually to... interact with mr radley yeah. doing it like they come one day and they're like oh my god the hole is packed yeah, up they're trying to write thank you notes yeah. or something to them the next thing we get is that Jem actually shows scout a whole box of things that he has found from this tree so which makes you think like you know Jem has had way more interaction mm-hmm. with the stuff in this tree than you know than scout, scout has, has. yeah and um, we find out that there's a spelling award you know that was from the very beginning there's a stopwatch there's a pocket knife there's a bunch of stuff in there yeah and then Jem, this is also where Jem tells scout like you know the night that i lost my pants <laughs> like when i went back they were actually folded and like laying over the fence like someone was like expecting me to come back right. so come to find out that there's someone at the radley house kind of looking out for them yeah so now school is out which means our good old boy dill is back good old dill <laughs> and it also is the next day is going to be the first day of the rob tom robinson trial atticus ends up asking calperny if she can stay at the house um for the night because he has to go somewhere he has to go to the jail and Calpurnia is not the best babysitter because the kids end up sneaking out that <laughs> night and they go to the jail and they see that Atticus is sitting outside and he's sitting outside because he wants to make sure no one is going to mess with Tom. Well, unfortunately, while he's there, a whole mob of men show up at the jail to presumably kill Tom. Right. And the kids end up walking straight through the mob <laughs> And some of the men even, like, try to grab the kids. Like, it's kind of like this, like, "Mm, this wouldn't happen. Like, maybe it would happen in this day and age. But, like, you can just tell that, like, kids get thrown around a lot more, I think, in this day and age. One way or the other. Or they aren't taken as seriously, I guess I should say. Um, But I will say, Scout at this point kind of stands up in front of the crowd and recognizes Mr. Cunningham. And talks about his entailments (laughs) that he has. And, you know, then also kind of relates with him and is like, I'm in, you know, I'm in school with your son, Walter. Like, tell Walter I say hi. (laughs) And for some reason, Mr. Mr. Cunningham's like, okay, like, time to go. (laughs) And the mob clears out. Yeah, I think it was kind of described a little bit better in the book that, like, by her doing that, he realized, okay, like, there's clearly children here, like, we shouldn't do something in front of his kids. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird in the movie, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So now the day of the trial starts, and the kids are trying to get there to, like, watch it. But there's no room in the regular courtroom. So the kids end up going up to the balcony. We're all of the African-Americans are up there, you know, talking or watching the trial happen. And the sheriff is, like, the first witness that's being called. And he talks about you know, the scene of the crime that he was there, but tells them at the same time that no one called the doctor. No one called the doctor to come and exam Mayella. <laughs> Mayella. And, but we, we find out that she was very badly beaten and that she was beaten up pretty much solely on her right side mm-hmm. and that she has choke marks all around her neck. So presumably someone beat her beat her up with their left hand because they must have been left-handed mm-hmm. and used both hands to choke her. So Mr. Yule is now the next witness and he claims that he saw Tom Robson attacking Mayella when he looked through the window. 
And at this point, the genius Atticus is, he goes, can you write your name on this piece of paper? Come to find out, Mr. Yule is left-handed. <gasps> but now, the next witness is Mayella Yule herself. And she kind of gives the account of what happens. And, you know, Atticus asks if her father has ever hit her. And she's like, no. Lie number one. <laughs> and she doesn't remember if Tom Robinson ever hit her. She doesn't recall. She doesn't. She doesn't recall. <laughs> and then like quickly is like, nope, he did. No, he definitely did. He definitely did. <laughs> but like, I don't recall, but like he definitely. I was like, do you remember that you made an oath to tell the truth, <laughs> like, the whole truth and nothing the but the truth? The worst witness anyone could ever <laughs> yeah. have, right? So at this point, Atticus grabs a, grabs a glass and throws it to Tom. And he catches it with his right with his right hand. Come to find out that Tom has a bum left arm. He can't use any of the muscles in his left arm. And let me refresh your memory. The guy who attacked Mayella should have done it with his left hand. So and should have had two good working hands. Right. <laughs> right. So at this point, Mayella's like, crap, like <laughs> This isn't looking too good for me. Right. Um, but she completely freaks out, makes this giant scene, and then sticks to her story that, you know, he attacked her right. and raped her. And she just continues to lie like the dirtbag she is. <laughs> so now Tom takes the stand and he kind of gives his account of what happened. He says that, you know, he went to May Ella's house well over a year ago to help her out. As he was walking by, she asked for some help. He went in and helped her. And from then on, every time he would walk by, she would have something else for him, you know, to, to fix do. up. Mm -hmm. So then at one point, the night of the quote unquote crime, she had asked him to come inside to help him, you know, with a door. And he was like, Okay, so he goes in. He's used to a bunch of other kids running around. Mm -hmm. There's no kids there. She sent them off for ice cream. And she closes the door and then asks Tom to grab this box from, like, high up. Well, while he's on this chair, she ends up grabbing him from behind. And the chair gets knocked over. And she basically jumps on him and starts to kiss him. And he tried to leave. But before he was able to leave, Mr. Yule saw her or saw them kissing through the window and he was threatening to actually kill her and not Tom. Right. So come to find out he could tell what was happening. Right. So Tom ran away from, from the house and, and then during his testimony here, he talks about how he, you know, he was just helping her out because he felt sorry for her, which ended up being like, like the most taboo statement he could ever yep. say for an African-American man during that time, feeling sorry for a white woman. Right. Which she's awful. Well, and like to his credit, like he was like, she clearly is a lonely person. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that she felt like she really only could like come to me for things. And she didn't really have the, the support or the help that she needed. Like mm -hmm. he was just trying to be a good man and, and help her. Yeah. So now Atticus makes his six minute and 30 second closing statements. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to anyone who's watching this, you're like, all right, close case. Like, 
this these people are lying. Yeah. Like Tom's gonna go free. Innocent for sure. Yeah. So the jury has been out for two hours. And I thought it was interesting because the kids are like, the jury's been out for two hours. Like, clearly, like that means something good. Right. And I think about like now it like juries are out for days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like two hours is like nothing. I was actually on a jury not too long ago. Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it was like a full week trial and then it was like Friday afternoon and it, like uh, we were, you know, we had to make a decision. If not, we'd have to come back Monday and, and continue deliberating. It was well, not a murder trial. It was anything. not. It was a um, <laughs> ma- medical malpractice yeah. uh, suit. But anyway, so, you know, we get back into the deliberation room and like we're, we're discussing the, the facts of the case and we do like we do an initial, okay, let's all just like hands up, guilty, not guilty, guilty. If we all are in um, agreement, we'll just leave it as is and we'll, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tell them our, our decision. Well, come to find out. So long story short, we weren't able to come to a decision on Friday, get back to the to the um, trial on Monday, come to find out one of the women who had voted, <laughs> voted incorrectly. Like she didn't understand who or what she was voting for. So we could have avoided oh an entire gosh. other day if she had just realized what she was voting what for. But yeah, I just think it's so funny <laughs> that like two hours is really not that no, long. No, not time. at all. But they do come to find him guilty. But let's all remember, this is the 30s. The jury was made up of 12 white men. Right. Like, we're not talking about a jury of your peers. Right. That was not a a diverse um, grouping. That was not a thing in the 30s. Something that doesn't really happen. And I don't know that it necessarily needed to. But during the in the book, during the trial situation, um, at one point, they actually come. I think it's uh, Aunt Andrea comes in like, the, where are the kids? Like the kids mm-hmm. have run away. And uh, someone's like, they're up there. Like they've been watching <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't mind that they, they took out. I didn't think it was necessary, but interesting. Yeah. And so, but Atticus is obviously upset that, you know, it didn't go their way. And Tom gets let out of, of the courtroom. And Atticus is like, we're going to appeal. Like, it'll be okay. We kind of almost didn't expect to even win this mm-hmm. one. So pretty much everyone has filed out of of the courtroom, all the white people are gone, but the entire balcony of the African-American people have stayed and they stand up as Atticus leaves. Like, respect. Yep. Like, thank you for doing what you're doing, even though it didn't turn out mm-hmm. the way we wanted. So they get home now and as they're standing outside and you can see that Atticus is super upset, um, we find out that Tom Robinson has actually been killed. He broke loose while they were, you know, trying transferring to him. transferring him to a different town for safekeeping. And while he was running away, they tried to shoot him to wound him to stop him. But they actually ended up killing him, which yeah. awful. I think in the book at this point, he was already in prison mm-hmm. and he tries to like he attempts to like escape yeah. or scale the wall and they end up shooting like 17 times. Yeah, it like wasn't, so it wasn't they made, to wound. Yeah, they made they very much in the movie made it seem like it was a whoopsie right. type thing. Um, yeah, not which is interesting that they changed that. Yeah. So uh, but Atticus feels like he is the one that needs to go tell the family um, about Tom. So and Jem insists that he goes with him. So now they're at the Robinson family in the country. And of course, dirtbag Mr. Yule shows up and he wants to talk to Atticus. Atticus comes out and Mr. Yule spits in his face and like the composed gentleman he is, mm-hmm. Atticus just wipes it off his face and walks away. I'm like, 
I don't know any man that could get spit in the face and just walk away. The amount of patience and like just like calm demeanor that he has. I'm like, can I get a little bit of that? (laughs) Jeez. Uh, So the next scene we get, though, it's Halloween. (laughs) And Scout is a ham. (laughs) Scout is a ham in in the Halloween school play because it's all about the things that their town cultivates right <laughs> and she's like she's a ham she's a ham she's like a paper mache ham and Jem is escorting her to to this school play well after the play um come to find out that scout has lost her clothes has lost <laughs> her uh shoes so now she has to walk home in this ham costume she's a hot mess yeah so while they're walking home though on the trail home which is so f- weird because every other scene of these kids walking everywhere it's on these nice lit sidewalks but for some reason this one they're like let's walk through this like scary dark trail on (laughs) halloween you know very weird but they end up getting attacked um on the way home by somebody and you don't really know what's going on because they're getting attacked by one person but then they end up getting rescued by somebody else someone else is pulling the attacker off of Mm them and and then the next thing we get is Scout still has that dumb ham costume on, so she can't really <laughs> see what's going on. But she can see that somebody is carrying Jem home. And finally, Scout gets the ha- the ham costume off and runs home. And we find out that Jem is at home. He's okay, but his arm is broken. Then the sheriff comes over, and he's telling he tells them that Bob Yule is dead. And that he found him on the trail where the kids were attacked with a knife in his ribs. Uh, so now they're in Jem's room. And Scout, you know, is like, how did Jem get home? Someone was <laughs> was was bringing him home. And then they pan over and like creepy ass Boo Radley is in the corner. And I was like what is this like they have a full-on conversation like scout and atticus yeah and Pooh's just in the corner <laughs> well and like i don't know about you but i did not get that like creepy vibe reading no. it in the book like it was very much like he was he was there <laughs> there was just like a r- random man in the room she wasn't really sure who it was but he wasn't like like standing weirdly behind, behind the, the door, door. <laughs> in it the shadows so Robert Duvall, I was like, what are you doing? Get out of the creepy corner. (laughs) Uh, But we find out that it is none other than Boo Radley and that he is the one that helped them and carried Jem home. Um, But his name is not Boo. His name is actually Arthur. Good old Arthur. Good old Arthur. And (laughs) I thought this was funny. You know, Scout's talking to him and is like, you can, you can pet him. (laughs) Like, Jem won't care. He's sleeping. So then, like, Boo, like, randomly, like, pets Jem in the bed. It's so weird it very and weird. awkward. Um, but now they're out on the patio, and Sheriff Tate is basically saying that Mr. Yule fell on his knife. And, you know, we're like, all right, that probably is not what happened. But in, right. in Atticus's mind, he thinks that Jem killed. Yeah. Like, Jem is like, all right, we'll take him down to the station. Like, Atticus is like, all right, I got to turn my son in. <laughs> like, he was not going to cover for him. That's what a good man he is. He's like, listen, he did the crime. He has to do the right. time. <laughs> and Sheriff's like, nah, man. Like, there, he goes, this is what he says. He goes, a black man is dead. A black man is dead for no reason. Now the man responsible for it is dead. And I'm like, take it home, Sheriff Tate. Like, I mean, that's exactly. But also, let the dead bury the dead. Right. Like, come on. I know. I know. <laughs> Great line. And so, come to find out that Sheriff Tate is not 
protecting Jem. He's protecting Boo Radley because Boo Radley is the one who, who you know, stabbed. We don't Mr. know for Yo. sure, but that's what yeah, we're assuming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but basically because he's like, if we tell the town that Boo Radley killed him, the town's going to like, you know, put his head on a pitchfork. Right. Like they're going to come for him. So hero number two is Sheriff Tate. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Mr. Heck Tate. Right. Heck Tate. And at this point, Scout says, you know, doing that to Boo Radley would be sort of like killing a mockingbird. And then we come full, full circle. circle. And she walks Boo home. And then we that see, was really cute. It was really cute. And then we see her with her family at the very end. And that's how the movie ends. So like totally random. Mm-hmm. But I got like full blown um, Edward Scissorhands vibes from Boo Radley. <laughs> For real. Like just like shunned from the mm-hmm. neighborhood. And like just. <laughs> For real. Uh, the only other thing that I didn't. There were a couple things that didn't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a point in the book where the kids like role play the Boo Radley family. Oh yeah. <laughs> they kind of make, make it a game. That's right. And that doesn't really happen. And then also there's a fire that happens mm-hmm. in the book. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to describe that. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's Miss Maddie's like front kitchen area, like uh, catches on fire. It's like a whole other thing, but a couple things, other things that don't happen. There's a, a scene where Cal, Cal Purdy actually takes the kids to her church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all the, all the black people are like super nice to them, like super respectful. They actually have like an, a, interesting experience a cool experience um like we mentioned there's no aunt andrea which we were okay with um and then there isn't really so we meet mrs dubose Mm -hmm. but there's a whole like um scene of events in the book that happens where she says something inappropriate again about atticus defending a black man he gets angry and like ruins her entire like rose garden or whatever and then as punishment he has to go to her house every day yes. and read to her and it's like this whole other thing because <laughs> and then, she like dies after he and after he stops right yeah like something. scout goes because she has nothing better to do so like every single day they go to this uh you know crotchety old lady's house to like read mm-hmm. to her so a few things nothing that was like major that needed to be included but, but a lot of things didn't happen that happened in the book and the movie was still two hours long right exactly (laughs) so so did the movie stay true to the book i think so i think think for you know what it was and what the storyline is um i i would say yes yeah for sure all right it's like a classic versus a classic Mm. here which one are you going with book or movie i gotta go with the book yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I, and I'm liking these rereads that I'm doing because uh, I feel like I'm, as an adult, having a totally different experience reading these books than I did as a kid. Like, I, as a kid, it was very much like, oh, I have to read this for class. Great. But now I'm like, oh, this is, like, enjoyable yeah. and I'm well, actually I just, getting it. I was thinking so many times, I'm like, did I actually read this in high school? <laughs> like, this is I actually, thought the like, same thing. I was like, oh, my gosh. And even, like, the way it's written, it's kind of hard to read a little yeah. bit. Um, I'm going to go with the movie just because, I mean, Atticus Finch, Gregory Peck. <laughs> I just can't not go with it. Gr- granted, there was some faults in both yeah. of them. Um, but I struggled reading this book. I don't know why. Agatha Christie, I was okay with. <laughs> I know, and I struggled with yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. But I got to go with the movie on this one. All right. We uh, were... One to one. One to one. (laughs) All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. 
And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. We do have a couple levels for you. Our rom-com level gets you our episodes 24 hours ahead. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in a future episode. Like Brian. Like Brian. Good old Brian. (laughs) And then you also get access to our bonus content, including our movie serials, which super excited. We're starting uh, behind her eyes soon. Yes, Um, we needed a little break after Firefly Lane. We yeah, for sure. Emotions on that one. <laughs> but it's going to be a totally different experience. It's, yes. You know, murder, mystery. Well, I actually don't know if it's murder mystery, but <laughs> mystery. It's, it's mystery for sure. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls. So up next, we are doing a simple favor with one of my favorite. I love Blake Lively. I do too. I actually watched this movie on an airplane for the very first time. Hmm. So I haven't I've, seen the movie or read the book. You've never seen the movie? No, but good friend of the wow. podcast, Katya, has done both. Good friend Katya. That's our, she can be boyfriend Ray, but she's good friend Katya. Oh, she's going to be so happy to hear that. Um, but she has read the book and watched the movie and she basically warned us not to watch the movie. <laughs> so we're going to do it anyway. I mean, the movie's <laughs> I, I don't the, the movie was fine, but I'm wondering it's if it's it's very gone girl esque. So I'll be mm. interested to read the read the books. So. Yeah, so coming up next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening and remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye.